Welcome to Empowering Connections, a podcast by Connie Akins, a licensed professional counselor with a private practice to help you heal your personal and professional relationships through counseling advice, tips, and ideas. Empowering Connections will focus on healthy ways to improve these relationships, help you manage your stress, and attain a better sense of self-fulfillment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today I have a special guest with me. His name is Nick Denault. Nick is currently teaching, but he used to be in theater. So Nick, tell the audience a little, bo- a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, and about your previous experience. Yeah, so I'm very, very happy to be on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here um, and to do this in a Zoom meeting. We're calling it face-to-face. Yeah, you were very interested in the trajectory of my career path. Um, I started off as a theater major in college, achieved my Bachelor's of Fine Arts from Wayne State University in acting, directing, and technical theater. And then my life took took kind of a turn uh, when I was asked to um, take over the program that I was once in in high school from my former theater teacher who was unfortunately diagnosed with cancer, could no longer do it. Uh, I never saw myself teaching. It was always, I always loved working with kids when I was a coach as a youth and and things like that. But um, I never really thought about being in the classroom. I wasn't super into school at the time. Um, But he asked me to do that and I helped him direct a show. And before you know it, I decided that this was going to be my new career and I was going to teach theater, which I did for 12 years. I directed um, dozens and dozens of shows, uh, designed them, built them, designed the lights, designed the sound. I really love the technical aspect, but I also really loved working with the kids who are on stage and the kids who are backstage. I used my theater degree to really kind of take that place to the next level. We incorporated it as a performing arts center instead of just a theater, and we started hosting outside events. Um, it was really, really awesome. It kept me busy. I was doing something new all the time with uh, different shows and different events and concerts and all that. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience for, uh, for 12 years. Um, and then it uh, kind of like everything, the arts are uh, under a lot of uh, heavy fire, a lot of budget cuts, things like that. So the primary reason for me leaving that district and, uh, that job was that it was, it was tough to be full-time arts teacher. I was working six days and five nights a week, most weeks of the year, which was really, really exhausting. I loved it. I tried to move um, more into the math department in that district, but there unfortunately wasn't room for me. So I found another opportunity uh, at uh, a district close by where I'm now teaching algebra two data analysis and advanced placement computer science. So it's a complete shift, which was the part that fascinated you. To go from very, very arts to very, very, uh, I guess you would call it technical data analysis. Um, And it's just been an awesome, awesome shift. It's completely different than everything I'm used to. I've been doing that for about uh, six years now. And uh, it's been really, really awesome. But it is fun to have both of these, these memories floating around of very, very different teaching experiences. I can totally agree with you, Nick. I, too, experienced a career shift or transition for many, many years, I worked in nonprofit management um, in agencies, leading and developing programs. And all of a sudden, one day, I was out in the field supervising one of the social workers, and she didn't like what was going on in the particular case that we were on. And so she decided that she was going to make a career change. 
And in that moment, I felt even more compelled to work in education. So I ended up shifting my career too from nonprofit management, supervising many, many programs to working in the school setting, just like yourself. So that's why I was really interested in this. Yeah, it's stuff that's, 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 that is, a, it's another big shift because education is unlike any other career um, that that's really exists. Somebody put it to me very interestingly and they said education is one of the only things where they hand you broken materials and they expect you to build something beautiful out of it. Like if you're a carpenter and your board is completely warped, you throw it away, you get a new board. It's worth the cost to make sure that your house is straight. But with a student, if a student has issues or problems, we have to work through that and, and work, uh, work harder to correct it. And so we don't really have that discard materials we don't want or don't choose what clients we have and choose what clients we don't. So yeah, that is a very different mindset coming from, from corporate America kind of to, uh, to education. True, true, true. So I want to start uh, by saying this. In the 50s, which was probably before both of our times, people were more likely to grow up in a stable home environment. They stayed married. They went to work. They had the same career basically for, for 30 years. They retired and they lived a happy life. Now, fast forward to current times when people often make two or more career changes, and we both just told the audience about our career changes. These changes are the result of dissatisfaction, lifestyle, fit. Do I really like the place I work at? desire to increase salary or reach for both professional and personal growth. And I would say that the millennial and Gen C, Gen X generation love flexibility and being their own boss as well. According to Business Insider, working professionals will have up to seven career changes in their lifetime. And I think that's like, wow, because I've only yeah. had two. And I think they are saying that the average person will change jobs seven or more times. And the reason is because, once again, I would say younger generations like the flexibility in their schedules and they want to earn more money faster. What do you think, Nick? I think it's, it's interesting. I've actually listened to a lot about this and read a lot about this, um, especially working with the high school kids. Um, it's, that's, it's absolutely true. And I read something a long time ago that said that this generation, uh, maybe the millennials, the generation Z is the first generation to not consider working for one place for their entire career. Whereas my parents' generation, it was far more normal to have one, maybe two careers, right? Even if you were promoted, you were promoted within a company. But I think, Two factors are involved in this. One factor is that loyalty has been brushed away for competition. So now that we're a global market, which we were not in the 50s, right? We didn't have the internet. We didn't have the dot-com generation. Um, I think that everybody has to maintain more competition with their, you know, their competitors. And therefore, they're trying to cut their salaries. They're trying to live really, really close to the vest and that people can do better elsewhere if another company comes out and is more competitive. So that sense of loyalty has, again, been a little bit brushed aside for that, um, for that being able to compete and making a few more dollars. That goes true for the company. Like the company is trying to save money by not paying people as much or offering a little bit less or making them work a little bit more. And the people as well, where we're willing to give up our whole career to go make a few extra dollars somewhere else. But the other side of that, I think, is that 
the younger generation is far more adept at things changing quickly. They're used to using MySpace, you know, and then shifting over to Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. It's now it's TikTok, right? Teaching every two or three years, there is a huge paradigm shift in what the kids use, what games they play, what consoles, what websites they visit. Um, and I think that carries over into their adult life now where things are just changing so fast that they're used to changing. Whereas back in the day, we would never have considered that. That is an awesome point. And I would say that right now, because of the pandemic, that educators have also made a shift. What was once brick and mortar has now become video chats, Zoom lessons. People are using technology more so than they ever have in this moment. But certainly making a career shift, does it have, do you, do you have to have forethought for that, Nick? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you really just have to see, I mean, a lot of it is, like, I don't know, wolf in sheep's clothing. Like you have to be able to have a more clear picture of where you want to go. I think back in the day, there weren't as many options. There's so many more options now and there's different ways. I mean, one of the memes that I love is that, you know, you go back so far and it said, don't talk to strangers. And the other one said, don't meet people online. And now we go online to talk to strangers and get in their car and we call it Uber and Lyft. And this is a completely right. normal thing to order a stranger to come to your house so that you can get in the car with them. True. And that was like 20 years ago, that would have been the craziest thing. It would have been what our parents told us never to do. Um, and again, so yeah, the forethought is that you have to be able to see kind of where your, your career path is going. Uh, one of our educational things is we always tell the kids that the jobs that those kids will have in their 30s and 40s haven't even been invented yet. And to a large part, that's true. Um, we're looking now at space mining, like mining uh, asteroids, mining the moon, getting water, getting resources, getting metals, which, you know, if you're 10 years old in 20 years, this could be a reality where they will go into space regularly and work there. And that's crazy to me. Like, 50 years ago, that really wasn't a thing that they were having to deal with. So yeah, the forethought is, is just trying to see the trajectory where the world is going and what your piece of it's going to be. I totally agree with you. I think part of the trajectory might be uh, service, considering everything that's going on now, technology, certainly, and probably uh, something to do with um, science. Yeah. I would say that those are probably three of the most needed areas, especially currently, but I also see them as future opportunities for generations to come. So well, and the, you, you made a great point. Like in my AP computer science, the reason I love teaching that class is there is no job that in the next 20 years will be untouched by computers. I mean, look at us now. We have mental health professionals giving telepresence medicine, right? We're doing videos. You're going to have to know how to record and video and there is no job that will be untouched with some basic need of computers. I totally um, agree with you. I never thought that I would be doing teletherapy online. Uh, correct. And yes, yeah, social workers and counselors and doctors, instead of seeing their patients, educators. I just got done, true story, with a student who had to make up a test. And so I had my whiteboard open in a Zoom meeting and I was showing her how to do mathematics. Uh, and I'm pretty tech savvy, which is why I teach that AP computer science class. But, but I, it, it is it mystifies me that people think they're going to get through their careers without having to, to adapt and to grow. True. And I think that growth and adaptability is something 
that's needed uh, for career change. I want to say this, changing careers can come from two opposing forces. One can be a plan changed and the other can be an unplanned change. How have you had to deal with unplanned change? I know I've had, I've had to because I worked in a job that closed down and everyone was given a little pink slip. That pink slip taught me to be ready to pivot and make shifts. It taught me how to develop a stronger mindset and it actually birthed my entrepreneurial spirit. That is when I developed my counseling practice privately. Losing that job because my business closed down gave me the courage, gave me courage and not fear. It was not woe is me. It was a call to action, just like right now during the pandemic, many people will experience a call to action. I know that in hard times, you don't have to shrink or settle for less. You pick yourself up and you learn something new or you try something you've always wanted to try. You can shift gears. And I believe it is important to work on your mindset. So I'm calling to action anyone who wants to develop a stronger mindset to get in touch with me. Nick, I want to ask you, how can a person get themselves ready for change that they intend to make or unplanned changes in their career? You can even talk about your change and how you made it. Yeah, I'm a very, very similar. My When I decided to leave the one district, it was I was really out of options. I had burned all my bridges with the place I was at um, because just the paradigm shift, right? The arts being cut, not being able to, to branch out or flex my mathematical muscles. For whatever reason, that option was no longer there to me. And I suddenly found myself uh, looking to the future and making a big, big change. Um, and I love that. And I love the idea that you can truly to truly know somebody at their best moments and their worst moments, right? So if you win a million dollars, you're either going to donate it to people and be good with that money, or you're going to be a miser and hurt people with that money. In our, in our best moments and our worst moments, it's really when we find out what we're made of. And so when we're forced with these things, like losing a job or being pink slipped or being forced to make a big life change, you really get to find out kind of what you're made of. Um, I love that you said that that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit came out like, and it inspired you to be like, well, this is my reality. I'm going to accept my reality. I can't change the past. I can be sad about it, but I can't change it. So I have to move forward. Where do I want my trajectory to go? And it was the same thing for me. What future do I see for myself? And where do I want to go from here? Knowing that I can't go back down that road. And a lot of people tend to dwell on the past, right? So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how some people react to that kind of stress. But again, for me, I had to decide that I was going to start teaching mathematics instead of doing a very arts thing. It's a very different type of kid. It's a very different type of setting. Um, but no matter what, cause the kids you can imagine how much they hate mathematics. <laughs> I always tell them that education has one goal that people tend to forget. And that goal is to be able to get kids to do things that are hard that they do not want to do. And it's a metaphor for marriage. It's a metaphor for careers. Your life isn't going to go as planned. It's going to be very, very hard. And there's going to be a lot that you don't want to do that you do. And if you can get through high school, you got a few of those skills to, uh, to help you adapt when this stuff comes up later on. Wow. Thank you. Why is it important to set an intention if you're planning to change your career or have fears about change? 
I mean, the intention is you got to have a, an end game, right? Like, what do I, what am I hoping to accomplish? I know for me, um, when I decided to transition and move districts and start teaching math, my long-term goal, and this is crazy because this is happening again. I don't know how much you know about my story, but, uh, <laughs> not a lot. I'm trying right. To yeah. Like, um, and cause we both share, uh, Dr. Jeff Lip, our, our mutual friend, which is how we know each other. But my trajectory now was going to be going into administration and education. I wanted to be a middle school or elementary principal was my goal or is my goal currently. Well, we recently had our, I had a retirement in our district and now they're asking if I wanted to be a counselor, which I'd never, ever thought about being a counselor, <laughs> but Jeff thinks that I'm, it's, I'm already doing it in my classroom. Anyway, I believe in the blend of EQ versus IQ. Okay. It's important to be wise and smart, but it's important to understand and, and accept your emotions. So he thinks that this would be a great transition for me. So I might be going through yet another curve oh, in the man. road where I didn't see it before, but, uh, but I know that I'm going to, in the end, I know where I'm going to end up and I just got to find the best, best path to get me there. And I think that that's one of the beauties of change and flexibility is that we don't always see the curve in the road, but sometimes we have to go ahead and plow through and make that change. Uh, absolutely. What are some steps a person can take when they're ready to make a career change, Nick? Well, the most important thing is you have to be able to learn how to learn. And if you, if you learn how to learn, then it doesn't matter if you need to learn how to use a computer program. Your mind has to be open that I'm going to do this. This is just what it has to be. So if you're going to make a career change, you need to develop the skills that are going to be important for you to succeed. Sometimes you bring some of them in, right? But you're going to have to learn something new. Um, there is no up without the downs. So when you start a new career, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be stress. You're going to have to figure out new friends, new teammates, new coworkers, new systems, new rules, new regulations. Even if you're working for yourself, you're going to develop challenges that you did not have to deal with before, right? If you're an employee, if you own your own company and your employees are bad, it is now up to you to figure out the best way to invest in that employee or, or, how do I support that employee to make them more um, profitable for me versus I can't, I can't just fire them. Then I have nobody to do the job. Right. So you really got to, you really got to consider um, just how you're going to go about doing it and figure out how you're going to overcome all those barriers. But whatever it is, if you know that the other side of that is going to be better off for you, for you, your family, your finances, then you have to know that the work is going to be worth it. The work you put in now will be worth it then. I think that's important what you said. The work you put in now is going to be worth it. And that you have to set a goal and just go for it. Try it. Don't be afraid. Not at so, all. Yep. You have to be very, very smart and you have to have a plan. You can't just go in willy nilly. But you also, uh, Jeff has always told me that actually from one of his, from one of his podcasts, he told me that uh, uh, the, in, order to, in order to overcome anxiety, it has to be through action. The only way to conquer fear is through action. If you take no action, you will continuously be afraid. Doesn't mean you can't think about the action or have a good plan going in, but it really, some of those things really stick with me, those little counseling tricks that I've been learning. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it makes absolute sense. You have to be able to go in and take some chances, but you can do so cautiously. Great, great, great. I am all about setting an intention and creating positive energy for the changes I make in my life. So if you want to change, you have to believe that you can change, first of all. And here are some additional suggestions for you. Get a coach or an accountability partner if you're the type of person who is afraid of making decisions. 
create some visual goals and written narrative of what you want to manifest in your life. And I think that Nick pointed out that you got to have a goal. You just can't willy nilly do something. Change can be challenging. Nick said that too. And I'll, I'll add this. It's challenging, but success rarely includes an easy path. It, it may not always be easy. Make a commitment to the changes you want to manifest in your life. The commitment includes how you think because it has the greatest amount of importance in you making the actual change. So your mindset is very, very important. It's also important to take small steps, even if you can't see the finish line. And I, and I think, Nick, we kind of echo each other a little bit here. You will survive if things don't work. It is not the absence of fear, but the ability to move in spite of fear. You must have courage. Identify what your options are and step outside of the fear zone. I was reading a, uh, I don't know if it was a meme or what it was on, uh, I think it was on Instagram. And it was saying, what zone are you in? So I kind of like that and copied it. Remember, your path is yours alone to travel. And what that means to me is that we are all unique. We all have different routes to travel on our journey. Nick went from theater to teaching. I went from nonprofit management to counseling and education. And Nick, like yourself, I also have an administrative certification I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know what the future holds. But one thing I do know is that in any given circumstance, I'm going to find that courage to move forward. Yeah. Would you like to say any uh, last words? Action. Uh, action conquers all, right? Uh, no, I think it is it is really interesting. And uh, one thing that this uh, being on this podcast today has, has definitely demonstrated is that uh, People, it doesn't matter where you live or whatever walk of life you are, uh, we're all really taking this journey together. Like, your story is so weird how it's it's very similar to mine, but we've never met each other. And so it's always important from that mental health perspective to just understand that everybody's going through it. We don't necessarily know what it is, but they're going through it. Everybody's going to have struggles. Uh, I don't know very many people who haven't had to overcome something. We're dealing with it right now with, you know, this COVID-19 and this quarantining. We're all learning exactly how to adapt to situations that are hard and be able to push through and move on and actually maybe learn a little bit of something and grow through it. So, no, I think it's awesome that our, our stories are very similar and that we got to share them with people. Thank you very much for joining me today. And I just want to repeat the last thing that I said, and that is remember that your path is yours alone to travel. And don't get caught up in thinking that you have to follow someone else's roadmap to get you to the success that you're looking for. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Empowering Connections podcast is not intended to replace the need for a professional counseling relationship. This podcast does not constitute professional advice or counseling services. As always, if you need mental health services, please seek a qualified mental health provider. You can find Connie Aikens on the websites Psychology Today and Therapy for Black Girls. If you have an iTunes or Spotify account, please subscribe, share, and continue to listen. Feel free to check out Connie Aikens' website at www.empoweringserenity.net. 
and follow Connie on Instagram at Empowering Serenity. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast. We appreciate you listening to the Empowering Connections podcast and providing feedback. Stay positive.